Hi, and welcome to the Church Unlimited podcast. Church Unlimited is a vibrant, Bible-based church in North Lakes, Queensland, that is passionate about helping people discover the genuine love of Jesus. If you're currently looking for a home church, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. For more information about our Sunday service, or to find out how we can best help you, head to our website at churchunlimited.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message from Sunday service. Come on. Well, it is the fourth Sunday of the new year, and we haven't had one G-up message yet. We haven't had one you-can-do-it type message. So I figured that today I would bring the you-can-do-it, let's-go kind of message. And it's the new year, and I just believe that God's got greater things in store for us. We've got to keep believing that. Can I tell you right now, God has not brought you this far to only bring you this far. There is so much more in store for you, for your marriage, for your family. And I'm just believing that we need to keep stepping into the greater things, stepping into the more. And uh, that's what I want to talk to us about today. And so I want to pull apart uh, a, a great passage of scripture found in the book of Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, yes, Ron, we're going to get to your favorite subject, um, but, but there is a little bit of work to do before we get to that, okay? So just calm, keep them under control. And uh, if you don't know Ron Snow, uh, he probably made your snag, and uh, he, well, not made, but cooked, and, uh, and it's just one of the great blessings in our church. We love you, Ronnie. Uh, but I want to I unpack this word, because I really believe this is a great word for us. And then at the end of this service, we want to pray for, for just the releasing of God's greater anointing upon each one of us. How many of you know, I can't do anything on my own, but I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. So we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ to lead us into the greater things that He has in store. But let's get into the word this morning, starting in verse 15, or 14, sorry. Paul says, For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and, and, and in earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might of through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge, that you may be full, uh, filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all the generations forever and ever. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I read that passage, my spirit starts going, yeah, I want that, Lord. I want more. I want more of you, more of your glory, more of your power. More of your anointing and your grace. More of your love, God. And uh, I just believe that this gives us some keys or some steps for helping us step into the greater things. How many of you know, you don't just wake up one day and things are greater. 
you step into the greater. You, God takes you on a journey of becoming greater. And the greater things that God wants to do in your life are, are going to, more of that is going to be unfolded this year in 2024. And my prayer is that faith would enter your heart and you would say, yes, God, I want more for my marriage and more for my children and more for my health and more for my family and more for my finances and more for my career and more, God. I want the more that you have in store. And so let's look at eight ways we step into the more. And each one of these is found in that passage we just read. Starting in verse 14, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first step into the more starts with greater surrender. Greater surrender. For this reason I bow before my Father. For this reason I surrender. I lay down my life. I pick up my cross. The first step to becoming greater is actually to become smaller. My life verse was given to me. It's just the verse that came to me when I first got saved. I probably would have been Bailey's age when I got saved. And it's Galatians 2.20. It says, For I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son who loves me and gave himself up for me. I'm crucified with Christ. We're encouraged to pick up our cross daily. We bow the knee in surrender. I've learned that the greatest blockage for me to do greater things is actually me. I am the biggest hindrance. My mindsets, my dreams, my desires, my ambitions, my flesh, my humanity, all those things are the, the greatest things standing between me and the more and the greater. And I love that Paul starts out and says, I bow the knee, I surrender, I lay down my life. That's so critical. Before you could ever go higher, we need to learn to go lower. Before we could ever go greater, we need to go smaller. Jesus says if you want to gain your life, you need to first learn how to lose it. If you want to be the greatest in the room, learn how to be a servant of all. I think that that is such an important principle that we've got to understand. Do you know that there are so many desires that we have in our hearts that are actually blocking us from stepping into the greater things that God has for us. When it says I'm crucified, I surrender, that means I surrender my desires. I wonder what desires you have in your life that are actually blocking you from the greater things that God has for you. I've seen so many people derail their life because their desire to be married led them to be married to the wrong person. And it kept their life small instead of flourishing into the greater. Our desire to have a job might hold us back a certain type of job. I think everyone should have a job, by the way. That's important. But your, your career, your ambitions, your desire to make a name for yourself, your desires often 
preclude you from the greater things that God has. And so there's a surrendering of desires. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live, God, for you alone, that you have my desires. That's so important. Sometimes it's sin. Sin sometimes stands in the way between me and the greater. For some of us, we're not stepping into the greater things because there's sin in our lives, and we know it's in our lives, and we know we need to get rid of it, but we haven't. Can I tell you right now, sin will block you from stepping into the greater things that God has for you. Of course, we believe in the grace of Jesus. Of course, we believe that he died for all of my sin. But then there comes a point where I start to walk out, not the James life, but the Christ life. Remember, James is crucified. He is surrendered. So are his desires and are his sinful ways. And as I make the Lord's ways my ways, I start to flourish and step into the greater things. But I can't do that as long as I've got certain blockages. This means I need to realign my ways. Realign my behavior. Come on, what's the behavior in your life that's blocking you from stepping into the greater things? You need to realign your speech. I heard a great quote one time that said, You can't have that which you speak against. You can't have that which you speak against. You can't have a great nation of Australia if you're constantly bagging it out. You can't have a great marriage if you're constantly bagging your wife. You can't have it. You can't have confidence and security and identity if you're bagging yourself out all the time. It's so important that we surrender ourselves before the Lord and I am, not, I am not defining myself. God defines me, and I need to allow my, my confession to be in alignment with his confession. But that verse starts with me shutting up some of the, the things that I like to say all the time. You can't have that which you speak against. You can't have a promotion at work and speak against the boss. It just won't happen. You can't have a, a, a loving church family if you're constantly bagging out the church family. It just doesn't work. I realign his truths. His, his, I, I surrender my truths. I surrender my life for his life. One of the other things we need to surrender is disappointments. I need, it's not just my desires and my sin. Sometimes things happen in our hearts. Discouraging things. And those things actually act as a blockage. Disappointments. I know a woman who once said, my parents' marriage was so bad, I will never get married. Discouragement of the family that she grew up in was so bad that it's blocking her from any opportunity that God could have greater things for her life. And I've just learned to never say never. In God... I actually, I need to surrender my disappointments and my discouragements. I was talking with a lady yesterday, and she, she loves the Lord. What a great woman of God. But I said, what church are you going to? And she goes, oh, I don't go to church. I said, oh, what happened? She goes, I had a terrible 
terrible ending to my last church. And I just haven't been back. Her disappointment as she explained it to me, all of her story was extremely valid. In fact, a lot of your stories that you tell me what's happened to you in previous seasons, can I just say, I hate that that happens. And I hate that that there are such things that, that really just discourage us and make us not want to be a part of the family. But sometimes discouragement can preclude us from the greater things that God has for us. Maybe you've had a blunder. Maybe you've had a failure. Maybe something's happened to you. Can I, trust, can I encourage you to trust God beyond that? You got to lay it down and say, God, I give you my hurt. I give you my offenses. I give you all the times that they gossiped about me or wronged me. God, I will flourish anyway. Look at Joseph. Joseph went from bad to worse. And God kept elevating him into greater things. And then at the very end of his life, after his brothers had betrayed him and everybody had messed him up, what does he say? Hey, you guys meant to harm me but God's brought me into the greater. Come on, when you lay down your rights, your desires, your disappointments. So this year, stepping into the greater is going to look like stepping into greater surrender. Here's the second thing, verse 15. From the whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. This looks like greater belonging in the family. There's an African proverb that says, if you want to go far, fast, go alone. You can go so much faster when you're by yourself. But if you want to go far, go together. You cannot step into the greater on your own. In fact, your team, the team of people around you, the family around you, actually is our strength. And God set it up that way. God's very nature is unity and family. He is within his own relationship within himself with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's in perfect relationship with himself. Jesus didn't go it on his own. He had 12 people in his team. How much more do you and I need our team? Your marriage. She's not your opponent, mate. She's God's gift to you. She's God's gift to you. And unity is so critical because unity commands a blessing. Now, now notice the word unity is not conformity. We like to think unity is conformity. That you and I think exactly the same. Have you met Paula? Have you met me? We are chalk and cheese. We are not alike at all. We often approach the same topic from two totally different angles. The idea is not conformity commands a blessing. It's unity. It's submission to one another. This is the biggest problem with Australia right now. We don't want unity. We want conformity. The right desperately wants the left to to be Christian and have their Judeo-Christian ethics. And the left goes, yeah, right, mate. We don't want anything to do with that stuff. Instead of appreciating one another for who they are and living in harmony, unified together. Now, we as Christians have our ideas about how things should run. But if I would be honest with you, I wouldn't live like a Christian if I wasn't one. I didn't when I wasn't. 
It's only when you know Christ that you choose to live a certain way. We need to unify, not conform. You're never going to get everybody from this melting pot, from all the different four winds of the earth, to conform on a certain way of thinking. We need to unify. Well, the same is true in the church. This church is full of all different kinds of people. People who speak in tongues, people who don't speak in tongues, people who've been baptized and people who haven't been baptized. People that drink communion like it's afternoon tea and people who don't touch communion because it's the holy communion. People who are born again Christians and people who are not. They just like the community. Okay. There's grace and peace for you to belong here. Unified in the family. And we hope that in belonging, you will start believing. And so when I preach the way that I preach, I preach the word of God, but but it's not a a commandment or a a smackdown. It's an invitation that we could together keep growing to become more and more like Jesus. That is unity. Can I tell you, it's really, really hard to step into the greater by yourself. You just, you just can't. you got to grow together in unity with the family. Here's the third thing. It's found in verse 16. It says that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory. To the riches of his glory. This is greater provision. Greater riches. When you live surrendered and you live in unity, well, unity commands a blessing. And therefore, the riches of his glory is poured out. God has greater finances, greater resources for us this year. I am convinced. I'm not worried about the state of my bank account. Greater is not hinging on my bank account. The greater is hinging on the Lord and the glory of his riches. And and, and it's so important that we learn to live like this. I've got so many amazing, wonderful blessings in my life that didn't come as a result of my bank account. If you saw my house and saw my bank account, you would be as confused as I am. The goodness of God has been towards my family. The riches of His glory. Buying this church, buying 35 Flinders Parade is not going to come because of the riches of our bank account. This is why I don't need to manipulate and coerce our church to do it. The Lord will release to us His provision in His timing. And and we'll just step into the greater things that God has in store for us. Last year, out of nowhere, somebody got an inheritance that they did not see coming, and they tithed 90 grand to the church. And I was like, didn't see that coming, Pastor Dan. That was not according to the balance of our bank account. That's the riches of God. Now, what came to the church was nothing compared to what came to that person. The blessing of God that comes out of nowhere when you're living in his right alignment. Buying a house is not dependent upon your bank account. Please be a good steward. Please be faithful. 
please surrender. But ultimately, the Lord has the ability to release things that we don't even know exist. Starting a business or doing ULA. I know that there were people in the room, I would love to do it. I just can't afford it right now. Can I tell you? Sometimes you just got to step out in faith and trust that the Lord's going to meet you in that journey. In Philippians 4.19, Paul gives us this gem. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. He supplies our needs, not according to our Centerlink check, not according to our paycheck, not according to mom and dad's handouts, but according to the bank of heaven. Woo! Bring that on, Lord. So stepping into the greater is going to look like stepping into greater riches of his glory. Here's the fourth one. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. This is greater strength to your identity. This is not about what I do or what I produce or the fruit on my tree. This is about the inner man or the inner woman. God is strengthening you. Did you know they say of people that win the lottery that the majority of them are worse off after three years from winning the lottery than if they had never won it in the first place? Why? Because greater riches on a weak inner man leads to tremendous destruction. I'm convinced in my life that that God would probably release more to me if I was a little more. He's entrusting to us according to the measure of our inner man. And his spirit is at work within me, strengthening my inner man. And it is critical that you undergo this process. You are not going to be a good husband or a good father or a good businessman or a good employee or good with money if you have a weak inner man. Or woman. He needs to strengthen you. This means he's building your character. Do you know how he builds character? Romans tells us through trials and hardship. Paul says in Romans, rejoice in your trials. Oh, thanks, Paul. Because your trials, your hardships bring about perseverance. Man, we've got a weak generation who doesn't know how to persevere through hardship. And perseverance, proven character. Can I tell you, some things we, we learn by reading the manual, and some things we learn through the school of hard knocks. And God works good in both. I've learned in my life, when God's often strengthening the inner man, that looks like pruning. That looks like hardship. That's a little bit of cutting, a little bit of... Uh, getting things out of my life, confronting my speech, confronting my thinking, confronting my behavior. In order for me to step into the greater, I need to become greater. 
I need God to strengthen my inner man. Let me tell you right now, getting a stronger inner man is way harder than getting more money. It's easier to get the riches of his glory than it is to get a strong, secure inner man that knows that you're a daughter of God or a son of God. This year, stepping into the greater is going to look like stepping into the greater inner man, allowing God to work on you. And can I encourage you as your pastor, please let God work in you this year. If he puts his finger on something in you, let him have it. If he says no more, you can't do that anymore, you can't talk like that anymore, or can't think like that anymore, or you need to rise up, obey. Let him build you. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. If we're going to step into the greater, we need greater faith. We need greater faith. Everything God does is in the currency of faith. If I'm going to step into greater things, I need to have greater faith. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Can I tell you right now, God is not impressed with your resume. He's not impressed with your house. He's not impressed with your new couch or your car. He's not impressed with how many followers you have on Instagram. He's not impressed with your superannuation. God is only impressed or pleased when we engage him with faith. You have used a measure of faith in your life to get to where you are today. My question to you is, if you're going into greater things in 2024, what greater faith are you going to have to muster up to step into those things? What's next? What's the greater calling? What's the greater meaning? What's the greater purpose? I said before that he didn't bring you this far to only bring you this far, and your faith is partnered with his ability to get you to this far. Great. But if he's got even greater things for your family, for your your mental health, for your physical health, it's going to require greater faith. And it's so important that we learn to, to rise up and believe God again for his goodness to be poured out. If I'm honest, I'm pretty proud of where our church has come from. I'm proud of us. We've got a good building, we're renting. We've got great Sundays. Worship is really strong today. My preaching is phenomenal. We've got about 13, 1,400 people calling Church Unlimited their home church. It's better than most. We've got 600 plus in a Sunday service in a weekend. We've got pretty strong money. We've got 400 grand in the bank, thereabouts. Dan, why don't we just chill? Why do we have to buy? Why do we have to buy? Why do we have to grow? This is pretty good. I'm paid okay. I don't have any struggles. I don't want to do any more. Because more might mean more struggles. It would be easy to get comfortable and settle down and just go, well, 
The Lord's brought us a long way. Hey, Al, it's pretty good around here. Let's not muck it up. Except I just sense that God says, I'll build my church and not even hell will stop it. And he says, my kingdom come, my will be done. And there's something inside of me that says, whilst this is good, there's more. And so if we used a lot of faith and surrender and unity to get to here, we're going to need to use even more faith and surrender and unity to get to the next thing. And so I do feel a responsibility in the spirit to buy this property. Our church is 40 years old and we've only been renting for 40 years. I think God wants more than that. As much as I'm comfortable here on, in North Lakes every Sunday, I sense that God is eventually going to release us to establish more churches around the place. That, that there are suburbs around us that need a church like this, that need passion and hunger for the things of God like this. And so I, I'm just convinced that, that whilst it might be safe and comfortable to have Cindy and Michelle serenading us every Sunday in our comfortable Sundays, that eventually God might send some of our family to other places to start other new churches. And I've got faith for that in my spirit, even though it might be uncomfortable. Well, I want to challenge you. Going into the greater things for your life is going to require greater faith. Here's number six. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Sorry, my iPad's messing up. There we go. Um, That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Stepping into greater love is number six. So it's not just greater knowledge. I I find that a lot of people who grow to be mature men and women of God, what they really are trying to say is that they're more intellectual. You know, they know more about the Bible. But I've actually experienced that more maturity looks like more love. That you would know the greater love. The more I learn about God and experience His love, and the more I experience His goodness and His blessings, and the greater I become, the more I need to love greater. In John 21, we have the account of Peter and Jesus in Um, meeting for the very first time after the resurrection. And if you remember the story, in their previous moments, Peter was denying Jesus and turning his back on the Lord. And in this encounter, Jesus is so kind and so gracious. He doesn't chastise Peter for being weak in the faith. He says, Peter, do you love me? He doesn't say, Peter, do you love me? Build me a building. Peter, do you love me? Buy me 35 Flinders Parade. Peter, do you love me? Get to 1,000 on Sunday. Peter, do you love me? Run crusades where thousands get saved. 
we think in terms of KPIs because many of us are employed to do KPIs at work. We have stats and, and, and data that we have to, to, to show the evidence. But what Jesus actually says to Peter in John 21 is, Peter, do you love me? Tend my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Tend my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Love like I love. That's the hallmark of being a Christian. And by this all will know that you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. This year, stepping into greater doesn't look like you becoming greater. It's not so much about how great your name is. It's about the greater love that we can extend to other people. Church Unlimited becoming greater looks like being able to love more people and serve more people and host more people and welcome more people into the family of God because that's what he cares about. All right, Ron, it's the moment you've been waiting for. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to his power that is at work within us. Notice the positioning of that power. It's not external. It's within me. So that means number seven is greater anointing. Stepping into the greater requires us stepping into the greater power. A lot of people treat the power of God like a PowerPoint. You've got your phone and you need to recharge it, so you go over here and you plug it in and it charges up. And you do that with church. You come here on Sunday to charge up. Can I tell you, the power of God is already within you. You don't need it to get charged up. You need to learn how to access that power and flow in the anointing of the Spirit within you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're already a carrier of the fullness of God. You don't need another thing added to you. You've already got all of it. What you don't have is the maturity to know how to activate it and release it inside of you. I went driving with my son Judah this week for the very first time, and I'm pleased to report no one died and no one was murdered. It was wonderful. It was a positive experience. He did great. He's a good driver, actually. Um, I felt confident that my family will be okay one day in his care. It needs a little bit more time. We, we need to learn how to drive the, the, the power that is already within us. Jesus has placed this. It's, it's, when I enter into greater surrender, when I unite with the family and experience the riches of his glory and my inner man becomes stronger and my faith becomes stronger and my love grows, guess what? The power flows. Amen. When all that starts to culminate, we then become carriers of his power and his anointing. In John 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, that he who believes me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Come on, would you release? Believe God to release that power. Let the power flow. Greater miracles, greater healings, greater provision, greater signs and wonders, greater prophecy. Come on, would you let the Spirit of God loose out of your life this year that He goes before you. This is why I like that song. When I fight, I fight on my knees with my hands raised high. I don't know. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. The song is all about what God does, and I enter into it through the anointing on my life. But the Lord goes before me fighting my battles. I don't even need to fight them. I need to enter into them through the anointing and His power. And so let me tell you right now that stepping into the greater is going to look like you stepping into greater anointing. Here's the last one. Invite the worship team to come. I love that it finishes with this verse. Verse 21. It says, To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever Amen. Stepping into the greater looks like greater glory to the Lord. Greater glory. The amount of times that we read things like God has more for us that no man may boast. Stepping into the greater actually looks like greater glory to God. Because when I become greater, I become a better, greater reflector, reflection of his glory in the earth. I love when people look at me and they get to know me and they go, how is God using you, mate? How did you do that? I know you. You're not that good. And I go, I want to be a reflector. I want to shine your glory. That's a very old Planet Shakers song. There you go. Alicia's got it. We'll do it next week. And um, listen, I want people to look at me and go, boy, he chose the foolish things, didn't he, mate? To shame the wise that no man may boast. I want God to be glorified in my life. Becoming greater doesn't mean that I have more influence, more prominence, more accolades, more followers on social media it just means that he is greater magnified in the earth that my life would can I tell you when you win when you prosper it glorifies God I hope you have a choice are you taking the promotion and the glory or are you reflecting the glory Martin Luther the famous Reformer who reformed Catholicism into the Lutheran church was quoted for five big statements that he made about faith. But one of his statements was sola de gloria, which means to glory to God alone. Can I tell you, and I'm the, the pastor of this church, the leader of this church, but I've seen way too much man worship in church. I am the called, appointed, anointed leader in this church, but there is only one person 
one person that's due glory. And that's Jesus Christ. And we've got to be very careful. We've got to be very careful that we don't get caught up in glorifying other things that don't matter. We like to share the glory. We come up on stage and it's all to you, Lord, but don't I look great today? No, I'm not sharing God's glory. I just want to give you more glory, Lord. Greater worship, greater passion. God's got greater things for you this year. You can do it. There is more, so much more. But you know, it's going to come through greater surrender. I love John the Baptist. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, if you didn't know that. And they knew each other. And if you've ever known your cousins, your cousins are always weird. It's like, how could your cousin be the Messiah? Except when you know the story, John was the weird one. He wore weird stuff and ate weird stuff. And he was just unusual. But when John the Baptist encounters Jesus, you know what he says? He says, I must decrease that you would increase. I just wonder if you need to decrease a little bit of you this year so that God can increase you and elevate you and and just bring you into the greater things that he has in store. I wonder if you need greater unity in family. If you're a part of our church, let me tell you, we're not perfect. And, and, And I'll be honest with you, I probably have hurt you. I, I would never mean to hurt you, but, but I'm human. And the problem with the church is it's full of humanity. We're doing our very best to kill that and get that out of here. But unfortunately, we bring it with us everywhere we go. But unity is not perfection. It's not conformity. It's I love you in spite of your weaknesses and you love me in spite of mine. Man, how far could we go if we did that? How far could we go if we could receive the greater prosperity and favor of the Lord or start to operate with a stronger, more solidified inner man? What if we started to step out in greater faith? I'm aware that it took a lot of faith for us to get to this point, but I'm like, oh, how much more faith are we going to need to step into the next? Greater love, greater power for greater glory. Would you stand to your feet? The Apostle Paul teaches Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.6. He says, stir up or fan into flame the gift of God that was departed into you through the laying on of hands. There, there, is a, there has been an impartation of faith. You don't. You don't need to to get some external power on your life. You need to fan into flame the gift of God that is already within you. That's what you need to do. And so in just a moment, we're going to open the altar and we're going to pray for every person to receive a fresh anointing, a fresh grace, a fresh empowerment to step into the greater things for 2024 according to the power that's already at work within you. But before we do that, 
I want to take a moment and give people an opportunity who are not in right relationship to get in right relationship. My first point today was greater surrender. Before you can go into the greater things that God has for you, my question to you is, have you surrendered your life to the Lord? Is He the Lord your God? You have to understand that you can't be Lord at the same time as Him. Either He is God or you are God. There is no power struggle. And it's so important that we get to the place in our own lives where we stop and we go, you know what? I realize that I, I, I am not Lord. He is. And Jesus, I choose to surrender my life to you. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've been to Sunday school. Maybe you know all the verses and you're full of knowledge. Okay. Have you ever surrendered? Have you ever yielded? Have you ever said you are God and I am not? Well, if you haven't, I'd love to lead you in a prayer right here and right now. And just so I know who I'm praying with, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to give me a little wave. I'll see your hand and then you can put it back down. I don't want to embarrass people, but I don't want to go any further with this meeting without providing you an opportunity to surrender. Come on, would you close your eyes just for a moment? Check your heart. Where, is you, where are you and, and Jesus at today? Have you surrendered your life to him? If you haven't, we can pray right here and right now to do that. Just so I know who I'm praying with, if that's you, would you give me a little wave? I'll see your hand and then you can put it back down. I don't want to embarrass you this morning, but I don't want to finish this meeting without giving you that opportunity. I see your hand, mate. That's awesome. Come on. That's so good, bro. One person saying, James, I need to surrender my life. Is there anybody else that needs to do that today? Or maybe you need to do it again. You've done it before. Come on, I see you over here. That's awesome. Two people saying, James, I choose to surrender and yield my life to the Lord today. Is there one more? Is there one more? I, I want to lead everyone in a prayer, but I don't want to miss you out. All right. Oh, I see your hand back there. Sorry, I missed you back there. Yep. Come on. That's three people. I thought there was one more. Come on, let's pray together. I'm going to lead you in a little bit, and you repeat this. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. You proved it when you went to the cross and died for my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me. Take away my pain. Remove my shame. Help me to know you and live for you. I surrender my life to you. Amen. Right now, Father, for those three people, I thank you that you see them and you know them. And I just sense that God wants to say to you, he's not ashamed of you. He's not angry with you. He's proud of you. And he welcomes you home today in his family. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I just speak that you're bringing greater freedom. Break off every every mindset, break off every shame, break off all the past and release them, God, into the greater future that you have in store for them. We trust you, Lord, that as we lay down our lives, he who gives up his life will gain it. And I speak abundant, overflowing life right now 
to come across those three people and anybody else who prayed that prayer today. We bless you today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We pray that you and your family are richly blessed by the love and grace of Jesus. If you're ever in the area, we would love for you to join us for Sunday worship. 